millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Oldie Butter Goodie. This is our spooktacular Halloween special where we're talking about the scariest movie of 1984 featuring the scariest ghoul working in cinema at that point, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hello, it is me, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm here for this episode. Ooh, Ooh, I am so spooky. So scary. I am quaking in my boots. Is that a term? I don't know. (laughs) Yes. Uh, This, yes, we're talking about the Terminator. The first one. My name is Sandra. I'm joined by Zach. How you doing? Zach? Who is Zach? I am Arnold Schwarzenegger. Thank you for having me on the show this week. This happens every single time we do an Arnie film. <laughs> I don't know why, it's real strange. Uh, also joining us this week is a milestone guest, actually. Our first ever international guest from the Crooked Table podcast. We've got Robert. How you doing? Pretty good. I feel like I need to answer with my own Arnold impression, though. So, uh, oh, good luck. fuck you, asshole. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. That was the appropriate response, I feel. There you go. Out of the options. <laughs> yeah, I like that he had, like, six options, and that's the one. <laughs> that, that, that was respect. probably my favorite scene of the entire movie, <laughs> where it's just like, options, fuck you, asshole. Uh, we are talking about, yeah, the scariest movie of 1984, because it is, it, is it is our Halloween uh, episode, and only... One Halloween movie came out, only one horror film, and then we picked the sci-fi. So that's what Ooh. we're doing this week. To be fair, there was a there was a bit more gore than I remembered. Oh yeah, when he just freaking carves himself up, I completely mm-hmm. forgot about that. That was pretty spooky. That was Halloween spooksters right there. I was like, that's an eyeball. That's yeah. gross. I feel like this movie is basically a slasher, but with guns and a very high concept plot. Yeah. 100%. That's, that was my takeaway, too. Yes, very quickly. We'll go around the table. First impressions of the first Terminator movie. Is this the first time you've seen it, or is this the 100th time you've seen it? Uh, what's What are your first impressions on this movie, Rob? Well, this was definitely not the first time I've seen it. I don't know if it was the 100th, but this is one of those movies that when I was a kid, we used to... Uh, whenever my grandparents came over, we would put on like an action movie because they spoke Spanish and English was, you know, their English wasn't so good. So we'd usually put on an Arnold movie or a Stallone movie or whatever. So this Mm -hmm. is one of those that we used to put on quite a bit. And as a kid, even I saw all the action, not the sex scene, of course, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) but yeah, all that gore, no problem. Apparently for my parents, as soon as, uh, as soon as a nipple comes out, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a whole different story, but, uh, so no, I had seen this many, many, many times, uh, and it still holds up. I, I think, you know, that some of the effects are, we were talking a little about the eye, uh, the, the mm. dummy that they use for the Arnold head is, whew, that's the scariest part of the movie. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but for the most part, it's either practical effects that are, that hold up really well, or the stop motion, which I still kind of like just for nostalgic purposes, I guess. But yeah, no, it's mm. it's it's a great movie still. 
yeah, the stop motion actually makes it better for me personally because mm -hmm. the the old CGI back then that they were trying to jump into is really bad. So the fact that they decided <laughs> to go with stop motion makes it hold up. I feel it makes it hold up a bit more, you know? It, it, it is obvious nowadays, but I, I feel like they did pretty well back then. Um, I, I, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. Like, a long time. I'm a, I'm a Terminator 2 boy. So, coming back to this movie, I was like, oh yeah, this, 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 movie's, this movie's pretty good. I should watch this movie more often. He just cut his eyeball out. I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. Yeah. And then he went, fuck you, asshole. And I was like, hell yeah, this movie's great. It's, it's a good moment, yeah. It's yeah, great. it is interesting, because I think pretty much every Terminator fan, or just every James Cameron fan, falls on either side of the fence of Terminator 1 or Judgment Day. I'm very much more a fan of this, just because I prefer... Uh, the Terminator actually being scary, unlike what happens in mm. T2, in my opinion. That's a, a little yeah. bit too much of an action film for me, which is also my issues with Alien, is just, it's a little bit too epic. But, uh, yeah, I love this first one. Sure, the dialogue's probably not very good for the entirety <laughs> of the movie, but, you know. What do you mean? Fuck you, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it's got that, and it, it's got that scrappy sort of B-movie feel to it, that, that feels... Mm. It feels a little transgressive just because it is dark, darker and dirtier and grimier. And then the next one is literally all shiny. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, before uh, we jump into uh, the opening of the the proper review, uh, Robert, you do a podcast called The Crooked Table Podcast. What are, uh, tell us a little bit about what that show is. Yeah, so every week I have a different guest join me, usually to talk about a movie of their choice. Sometimes it's... Sometimes it's a more recent one, sometimes it's something from the 40s, uh, and we talk about the world of film from a fresh angle. Uh, this year we're very ill-timed, but we're talking about the Harry Potter movies also, one every month, uh, and that's something that we've been doing since last year. We did Star Wars, and uh, it's, it's fun because we get to talk about classics, but B-movies. Sandro's been on a couple times. We talked Pop Star, and then we talked Machete. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Machete Kills uh, in, in a double, uh, kind of a double feature episode. So it's fun because I, it gets gives me a chance to to connect with other people who love movies, and it's open to critics, fans, everyone. You know, I, I, there's a, you go to crookedtable.com slash guest to apply to be on the show, so it's open for people that want to to uh, to come on and talk about a movie that they love, and um, it's a it's a great time. And we just did a uh, I just recorded our first crooked roundtable on Hamilton. So it was me and three other people geeking out about Hamilton. That's going up like basically election day here in the states. So uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a blast. If you want to check out episodes, they can hear them at crookedtable.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, a lot of the podcatchers. So. Um, but yeah, definitely check us out. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, there will be links in the description. And yeah, it's a it's a very fun show. Always have fun whenever I pop by. And very excited to hear that Hamilton episode as well. Because um, mm. a roundtable in that format uh, sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's something I want to keep doing uh, semi-regularly. It's a lot It's a lot more work, as you guys can imagine, running a podcast to have multiple people. And we actually did have a little bit of technical difficulties at times, but... Uh, but yeah, I think it's something worthwhile to do every once in a while. So 
Something I want to continue. Yeah, we're uh, we're trying to plan episode 100 right now, which is going to have like 10 guests, and we're just like, oh, this oh, is wow. this is a lot of work. So yeah, oh, definitely <laughs> feel you there with getting multiple <laughs> guests on. Um, but let's jump into the Terminator, Zach. We of course review movies from 1984 in the week they originally came out in. What else came out this week that we could have picked? So you had quite a few movies this week. All of them didn't matter. So we had <laughs> the American Dreamer. A housewife wins a trip to Paris in a mystery writing contest. Uh, She loses her memory when she gets hit by a car and begins acting if she were the female detective in her story. Doesn't sound too bad. Which sounded very interesting, but once again, didn't matter. Uh, The Bloodsuckers from Outer Space, which I still want to do. Farmers in Texas become brainwashed bloodsuckers. Um... (laughs) Which is classic, so we have to do that at some point. I looked it up, and I'm pretty sure that was banned from Australian cinemas when it came out. Yeah, yeah, no. I, 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 I think I've watched it before. I'm not sure. But I've talked about it with people before, and the fact that, you know, it didn't come out, and then there was, like, a black market for it, apparently. <laughs> that happens a lot here in Australia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is very funny to me. Oh, dear. Uh, Body Double. A failed actor becomes obsessed with a neighbour... And then becomes framed for murder or something. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yep. Uh, give my regards to Broad Street. Uh, Paul McCartney playing himself, daydreaming about losing an important tape for new music. And then Paris, Texas. A road trip movie about a man who tries to reconnect with his brother and nephew. Nice. And can't decide what country he's in. Hey, Lamau. <laughs> there is a... There's a place called Paris in Texas. Oh, I know. I know. But it would annoy you if I said that, so I'm going to do it. Have you seen any of those, Robert? I have not. I think I've heard of Body Double, but all the other ones I'm now learning exist for the first time. Uh, I, yeah. I, too, am kind of curious about Bloodsuckers from Outer Space, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's one of those B sci-fi horrors. That, that's the only movie on that list that I really was like, oh, damn. We're not doing that one. Oh, it looks wild. I'm on Google Images yep. right now looking up images from it and oof, the the zombie makeup is pretty atrociously amazing. Yes. It's 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 a B B movie for sure. <laughs> but let's jump into the Terminator. It was released October 26th, written and uh well, co-written and directed by James Cameron, his second ever feature after Piranha 2: The Spawning, a sequel to the classic horror Piranha. He uh, he disowned that movie for a very long time, but it has got a cult following. <laughs> I saw it with a bunch of friends at a cinema last year, and it is not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked. Um, he's also the director of Aliens, Titanic, Avatar, and True Lies as well, which, which we did uh, an episode on last year, so check that out if you haven't heard it before. Um, he co-wrote this with his frequent collaborator and also future wife, Gail Ann Hurd. What do you you think of James Cameron, Robin? I'm a big fan of his earlier, his 80s and 90s run. I mean, you you know, you just mentioned Terminator, Aliens, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, True Lies. Those are all classic action, Mm. you know, action thrillers. And I I think they all still maintain, you know, a a pretty strong following and Mm. uh, place within action cinema. Term, uh, Titanic obviously is, was him going for you know prestige, and now he's obsessed with making like six million Avatar sequels that no one 
really asked for. So yeah. it's it's I kind of feel like James Cameron, the James Cameron that made this movie doesn't exist anymore. He is so in lost in Pandora. Oh, just that... you wait. Just you wait till Alien and Terminator pop out in in Avatar 3. Then then you're going to be eating those words straight up. That's yeah. I mean, true. If, if 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 it all becomes a shared universe, then yeah, I'll be like, son of a bitch, you got me again, dude. I that can't wait cool. to see one of those blue bars get shotgun to the face from the Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, asshole. That would be amazing. Hell yeah. A tiny, a tiny Arnie chest bursts out of a whatever the creatures on Pandora oh, are called. No. No. <laughs> That's not what I was asking for. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I feel like this. This early James Cameron is so full of energy and ideas, but also is just having fun as well. And I, th- I think that fun was kind of lost with Titanic and definitely with Avatar. For the cast, Arnold Schwarzenegger is just the Terminator. Uh, we mentioned it earlier in the year, but he was only really known as Conan at this point. So this hmm. is kind of his first big breakout r- role in some ways. I mean, he was popular with Conan, but that was still very much more mm. like a, of a niche market. So this is when he got that big billboard role. And he's good in this, I think. What mm. do you think? I mean, I think that this is this is the perfect role for him because it's limited range, <laughs> first of all. So he just, <laughs> all he has to do is is embody the that sort of robotic monotone way of speech speaking which he already does so that that's easy like i feel like this isn't the movie where arnold is stretching the our movie where arnold is stretching is like jingle all the way where he's just like a suburban dad where you're like i don't know that made it way better by the way for him trying to stretch to be that that improves that movie so much it does it, it i have a that is the guilty pleasure honestly that movie but um when he tries to tries to play a regular guy is when it doesn't work when he's playing the terminator it's it plays to his mm. strengths as a uh as a movie star, as a persona, as a as an on-screen presence, mm. I think in a way that really very few of his other movies have. Minimal talking, naked body shots. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because he doesn't have much to say in this, and he is very much a scary presence in the film, but he still has that certain something about him which is very much more prevalent in Judgment Day, where he's just, like, cracking jokes. He's still got that same energy in this, even though he's mm. basically a slasher villain. He's basically just Michael mm-hmm. Myers without the mask. He's walking around shooting people and not saying anything. Mm. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, then there is Michael Bine as Kyle Reese, who is in a lot of Cameron movies, including Aliens and The Abyss. I'm on the fence about his performance. What did you think, Zach? I, 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 I liked him. I liked him. It was interesting because the most recent I've seen of him was the later Terminator, where they had him as a, another main character, but it was a different actor. And then not not him, but <laughs> the one, yeah, Genesis, yeah, Genesis, the one, the one with the Doctor Who villain, um, <laughs> right? Doctor Who as a villain. Not Matt the... Smith is the entirety of Skynet. Yes. What was that Except movie? It's not, it's, it's not Skynet though. No, no, no. That one is Skynet. Then the next one isn't Skynet, which I liked. I liked that they finally let Skynet go and were like, yeah, in this reality, it, it's just called something different. <laughs> yeah, I, he he was interesting. I don't know. I was I was torn. He was definitely a, t- a tough, rough boy. He had that cut on his <laughs> cut on his lip. 
you know, he's a tough boy. I don't know. It felt like he either turned it up to 11 and was yelling or turned it down to like a three <laughs> and was very soft. There was no in between. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I feel like that made sense, though. He had two modes. He had action mode and, like, not action mode, mm. which is what his lifestyle would have brought him up to be, you know? No, I, I, agree. <laughs> I agree. I was laughing because when you guys were saying that, I'm picturing in my head him, him the whole monologue and... Uh, in the interrogation room at the police department, he's like, oh, he's going to keep coming, blah, 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 like screaming about the Terminator. And then, like, the next scene, a few scenes later, he's being all vulnerable and just like, yeah, it's true. He really does. It just, there's no modulation between those two extremes, which I guess makes sense. But I, I think I think he brings a, a certain, like, inherent likability to the role. And yeah. uh, vulnerable, you know, vulnerability, which I think is obviously really key, considering that, that uh, Sarah Connor kind of pity fucks him by the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, What are your guys' thoughts on the the romantic uh, turn that it takes? Um, Uh, (laughs) It's very rapid, (laughs) I could say. It's better than a lot of the garbage erotic films we've done this year, though, so, you know. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Funnily enough, it felt more organic than a lot of the romance films we did. (laughs) She, the key point I have is that she turns to believing him earlier Mm. on really quickly she goes from trying to escape his car to yeah okay you're from the future and this thing's trying to kill me almost instantly and that was the bit that felt weird to me their romance is like yeah this guy's come back in time to save me and that's that's all he's done he sacrificed his entire future for this yeah pass the time yeah exactly uh and then yeah we are talking about her right now so we may as well bring up linda hamilton playing sarah connor this was her big breakout role the only real big film that she did before this was children of the corn in 84 we've already reviewed it check out that episode if you want she was fine in that okay movie that zach really Mm. enjoyed yeah it was great (laughs) uh really long too long Linda Hamilton, obviously great in this. Uh, yeah, really good. She gets thrown into this mess, and then at, by the end of the film, she's crushing Terminators, wielding guns, and I thought she was a great actor in this film. Yeah. Re- really did. And I like her in the next one as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about her evolution. This is this is the beginning of her journey, and I think the, the, that Cameron does a really good job of making that g- gradual enough that it doesn't... There's not really a single moment where she turns into the, what's going to be the warrior Sarah Connor in the next one. Mm. But that by the end of it, when she has that, she has that moment with, um, with Kyle where he's injured, where she has to stand up. And that's when she, she kind of grabs his hand and she's like on your feet soldier. And that's like the first mm. time you hear the Sarah Connor that's mm. going to dominate yeah. in Terminator two. That's been doing all those pull-ups in her, in her, uh, <laughs> in her padded room. Uh, for yeah, like yeah, what, yeah. 10 years or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, mm. no, she's on a complete icon in this, for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. She's still vulnerable at that stage, but she she she's vulnerable in the fact she runs, but she, she plans her run to, like, run underneath the crusher thing, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. For the reception, this film's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, 89% audience score as well, very high, 8 out of 10 on IMDb, 4 out of 5 on Common Sense Media, that website where parents say if your kids should watch things. They reckon this movie is suitable for kids 15+, plus, although it can be a bit violent at times. It can. Uh, just in case, for some reason, you want to know what they think on Common Sense Media. <laughs> 
Thanks, Common Sense Media. Uh, it costs $6.4 million, which isn't super cheap for a film of this uh, size, mm. but considering what they made, very impressive. What do you think this made worldwide, considering it, it is a hard R-rated sci-fi? Uh, what do you think it made of a $6.4 million budget, Robert? I feel like I've looked this up before. Is it like it's? Isn't it like forty or something like that? It's forty something. It's like around there. I'm mm. pretty sure. What do you think, Zach? I'm gonna go forty-one just to make sure I <laughs> lose to. <them. laughs> See, I'll be more close if it's higher than that. You know. <laughs> there you go. You're both quite a bit off, actually. It's seventy-eight Damn. million worldwide. Ah, but I still was more close. (laughs) So I win. Easy. Yeah, everything on this show is a competition. You're right there. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good for a a sci-fi almost horror of this this rating. That's very good worldwide numbers. Yeah, like our rating movies usually don't do well at all, so that that's quite impressive. Yeah, the, the 80s were a really weird time, but I, I'm looking here and now I see that it made 38 domestic, 40 international. So I must have been thinking though, one of those numbers. Mm. Um, but yeah, so this, this franchise, Rambo, Robocop, all hard R, ultra-violent, all had like either action figures for little kids or animated series it was a wild time back in the day and now that does just doesn't happen but yeah back then yeah that was no problem go for it yeah yeah. these are r-rated movies that got cut that's so weird (laughs) i always forget that there were like robocop toys and they're in like breakfast cereals and stuff around the time (laughs) being like hey take your five-year-old kid to go see yeah exactly go see a movie where someone gets shot in the dick go see go do that yeah yeah Absolutely. All right. Well, let's go through the uh, the the synopsis for the Terminator. Um, it opens in the year two thousand twenty nine, the far future. Hell yeah! You know it's the future because they got robots and lasers and skulls. Lots of skulls. So many skulls. The skull budget is most of the million <laughs> budget that they had. <laughs> Getting uh, real-life human skulls was quite difficult, but Cameron made it. You know. Yeah, they have to find all these volunteers, and it's, like, yeah, yeah. it's, a, whole, it's a whole process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the, he had to contact organ donators, graveyards, you know. It, you had to get everyone involved. <laughs> it, was, it was a big deal, but they got it in the end. What do you guys think of the future scenes in this movie? Because they're all very blue. They've got that 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 synthy uh, soundtrack behind them. People are yelling. There's there's stop motion uh, planes everywhere. What do you what do you think of these scenes? I feel like these are the only these are the scenes in the movie where you can feel the constraints of the budget a little bit. I think you mm. just see a bunch of people wearing rags and running around, basically like uh, you know run down areas. And like you guys said, all the all the skulls. And uh, I think it's effective, but I, I don't think it quite captures the scope of what maybe what Cameron's going for, mm. at least in this one. I feel mm. like in the second one, obviously, he's got CG to play with. So there's a lot more uh, there's a lot more Terminators in the glimpse mm. that we get of the future war in the next film. Um, so I think it works, but I think that's probably where you can tell that he, he had limited resources to work with. Yeah, definitely. I think he did really well with what he had, though, and I quite mm-hmm. I quite yeah. enjoy the the sort of quaintness of the stop motion and like 
they did the best what they could, and it it gives off the vibe of this dystopian future where these robots are going around lasering humans, <laughs> uh, like that poor one soldier that gets yeeted. R.I.P. Rest <laughs> in peace, soldier. Your sacrifice was not in vain. Or maybe it was. We don't know. <laughs> Who knows what the future looks like? Maybe that that will be. Maybe we'll be running around in rags fighting jittering robots that shoot lasers <laughs> you never know maybe we will be flying around in ships that look like they were filmed one frame at a time yeah you know you never know <laughs> Who knows? well doesn't he say at one point that he he served in the military or something like 2021 to 2027 mm. so we're we're right around the corner it's yeah. uh it's coming up fast uh, after this moment we get the opening credits which again yeah compared to terminator 2 not as n- not as good you can definitely see the budget constraints mm. it's still pretty good though the font's good it's, it's nice yeah what did you think of the font sandro uh, I, uh yeah it's all right it's all right it's fine <laughs> it's not as bad as speed <laughs> speed's the worst font and i'll compare yeah. everything to speed <laughs> I think you mean best font. Um, I liked it. It was it was thick. It was future films or like sci-fi films, I should say, always have these weird thick fonts that they're going for because in the future, font is thick and short <laughs> for some reason. It's wow, it's the future. That's <laughs> how it works. Um, so yeah, it was the it was a classic, very iconic, and we get to see it a few times in the film. Uh, when uh, specifically in that one scene where he says "fuck you, asshole," <laughs> um, which is great. No, I love the font. I, I love the uh, the theme, the Brad Fidel. The theme music that's now iconic yeah. at every single of the 14 single sequels that they made, da, 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 they da, always da, throw da. it in there just to be like, look, it's Terminator. Remember how great we used to be? <laughs> we can get back there eventually, right? I'm like, uh, sure, keep trying. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I just kind of to speak on the music for a minute, too. There's a lot, like going to back to what we were saying as far as him being essentially a Michael Myers in sunglasses instead of a mask. Uh, there's a lot of those like horror stings that are like <laughs> all of a sudden like as they're in a car chase and things like that. And I I, I think that helps sell the tone that's of of this really being more of a horror movie mm. than anything else. Yeah, yeah, mm. definitely. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of um music moments that do feel like they're out of like a Nightmare on Elm Street or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Which speaking of, they didn't release until what a few weeks after this. Which I don't know who at New Line <laughs> decided to release their horror movie in like mid-november when everybody's over halloween but sure <laughs> yep those are coming up we may be doing an actual halloween special halfway through november <laughs> because yay <laughs> i don't know what they were thinking but yeah all the all of this the slashes were delayed very very late in the year after halloween which is great um so the movie is set in 1984 uh how does how does the movie open zach in the 80s uh, well, you see, uh, there's this fella, he's he's driving his truck, he's having a great time, uh, except it's not so great, because then his truck is like, doesn't doesn't work, and he's like, oh man, this truck, this truck, what is, it's not even working, oh, this is bullcrap, hey, what's that electrical thingy over there? And then we cut to outside the truck, where everything's going haywire with electricity, and we see a naked Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep, it's good, I like it. It's a good time. <laughs> I love it because we then get a panning shot of him looking over the city while we see a, the shot of his ass. 
thanks, Arnie. <laughs> it's a it's an interesting decision that you have to time travel naked because, of course, anything dead comes off you. What are the rules? I I, I don't know. Um. Yeah, they try and explain it in the later films, and it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. So only organic tissue can go through, but the ter- so that's why the Terminator has to have like a casing of organic. I believe it's something like that. Yeah, and they're also infiltrators, so they. I think the fact that they're ha- that they actually have. He even mentions at one point, Kyle does that uh, the Terminators have bad breath. Apparently, oh yes, he yeah. does uh, say that, yeah. and, and sweat, and it's yeah, just to uh, to really be able to blend in with us. You know what would be a better way to blend in as a Terminator going back in time, though? When you arrive at your destination wearing clothes. Then you can just blend in. Then no one notices you. So, you know. Or, mm. or not looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Look that as well. <laughs> what if... Here's an idea. What if you send a Terminator back that can, like, morph and, like, change into different forms and then it could just change into its clothes oh wait that's the next movie never mind that's (laughs) yep then it's the next one (laughs) it's a great opening scene though because he comes across all of the street punks as the blue hair guy bill paxton is there with his blue spiky Mm. hair Mm -hmm. uh he he says i think that this guy's a couple cans short of a six-pack great line Mm. just get him in there to say that line then arnie kills them all out for a stroll are we (laughs) (laughs) nothing clean yeah (laughs) yeah Laundry day, nothing clean. <laughs> yeah, 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 am I right? Your clothes, give them to me. <laughs> He's like, which the, the guy goes immediately, fuck you, asshole. <laughs> and they, they really turn on him. They were having a great time. And then Arnie's like, give me your clothes. <laughs> and it just goes south. He's just... It's just not a great talker, you know? I wonder if that's where the Terminator learned fuck you asshole, though. Because that's how he adds that to his options. I absolutely believe that he heard that, and then that's why the computer decided that that was the appropriate response. <laughs> you know? Yeah. All right. So so when he is replying to that cleaner, he's not trying to be mean. He's just using the only Earth response that he knows. He probably thinks he's asking him to go away nicely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. what he's learnt. So yeah. far, being in this world, so he's just doing what he learns. It's you a know? bit of a good reflection on humanity, actually. That moment, then I was just thinking that it tells you a lot about society. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and so he gets the uh, the best leather jacket outfit just ever. Oh. It's fantastic. Speaking of all of the various Arnie Terminator outfits, which is your favorite, Robert? Is it this one, or is it T two, or dare I say T three? Mm. Um, it's probably T2, which is like a, in, in a lot of ways, T2, what I love about that movie is this movie, but like tweaked a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's that, that film is like 40% remake anyway. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's just, you know, sharpened and polished and better effects, et cetera, et cetera. It's definitely not the, uh, the glasses he gets at the beginning of T3, the sort of, what is it, like stars? <laughs> Or something that they have that <laughs> yeah, that's right. call back to the the previous movie where he yeah. gets uh yeah so that's a whole other a whole mm. other conversation the third one i uh, yeah, yeah yeah i i i'm definitely a, a t2 boy but i i quite liked his get up in this one obviously the scene i think the scene is more iconic in two where he's like give me your clothes your boots and your motorcycle you know? <laughs> yeah definitely but yeah 
but still good. That is interesting, though, that every Terminator movie, aside from maybe Salvation, is essentially, in terms of the structure, just a remake of this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it ain't broke. I mean, from the last three films, I think we know that it might, it might <laughs> actually be broke, though. Because <laughs> they changed the format, and then that broke. Uh, so Kyle Reese also appears in the present past the 80s when when the movie is set he also appears mm. uh and he steals a, a homeless man's pants there's two things i noticed in this one that he's he's scarred up he's pretty scarred up on his like on his back mm. you see weird sort of scars which i thought was good two that he's he's like writhing in pain when he he pops out unlike the terminator who obviously didn't care yeah. You know? I love that scene, though, because he's running from the police, goes to hide in a clothing store of some kind, and then just sneaks around the clothing store stealing clothes for, like, a couple minutes. <laughs> While the cops are around. Well, yeah, you it's impressive. Can't expect him to keep the homeless guy's pants on forever. I mean, I come mean, on. But, yeah, no, he, he would obviously be pretty good at sneaking because he's been hiding from literal robots. Mm. So I thought it was, it was cool that he could just sneak around the store full of cops and none of them noticed him. <laughs> Some of the dialogue cool. in this section isn't... <laughs> Amazing? Yeah, questionable. Uh, what did you think of some of the dialogue between the cops and him in this role? <laughs> I mean, it's it's all classic 80s cop movie stuff, basically. <laughs> like, when people make fun of that now, this is exactly the kind of thing mm-hmm. that they're talking about. I mean, in Sarah's uh, roommate and, and the, some of the her whole thing, which, which I feel like feeds the slasher movie deal because it has the whole uh, conceit of if you have sex in this movie you're going to die <laughs> yeah. unless yeah. you're conceiving the, the savior of humanity i guess she's she's just a, a horror victim yeah yeah through and through she's constantly listening to music so she can't hear anything and she has sex <laughs> those are the two things that you need to do she's to tina from uh, elm street basically uh speaking of sarah connor we are introduced uh, to her uh walking walking to her work she she ties up her bike uh and then walks past the restaurant's mascot and says uh guard it for me big buns which is a good scene because <laughs> the mascot's holding two big burgers <laughs> I missed that. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> There's also the child who just drops ice cream in her apron for no reason other than to be a dick, basically. What a piece of shit. Yeah, she's had a pretty shitty life before this. Oh, yeah, yeah, that kid. What child gives up ice cream that it's actively right? eating to sabotage someone else's apron? Like, what? <laughs> What a piece of shit. I hated that child. Yeah, most unrealistic part of the movie. You're right. I, I, oh. The real villain. (laughs) The real villain. That's the one good thing about the dystopian future. That kid no longer (laughs) exists. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but then again, no more ice cream, I'm assuming, either. That's true. Uh, Yeah, and no, no, no more of these tragic accidents that can occur. Another one of my favorite scenes is directly after this as well, where Arnie is buying a bunch of guns at a gun store. And um, he just knows everything about them. Because he's obviously got, like, uploaded all the guns or whatever from the time. So he's just like, I need this one, this one, this one, this one. 
give me the gauge 42 the the, the uzi 511 and the guy's like man you know your guns <laughs> wow i was gonna say that's also dick miller from uh, gremlins which you guys have already covered yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah he's great yeah in that one scene yeah yeah he's he's great because he's like how much and uh, uh, which one do you want and he's like all of them and he's like oh man i'm gonna close early <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you are you're gonna close real soon yeah he closes super early that guy yeah yeah because he dies. Yeah, 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 he dies. <laughs> we got it. We, he, he, Artie loads the gun that he just got and shoots them. And he doesn't have to pay for them, so that's there's that. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> True. it's a good plan. <laughs> He's learning. I don't think they leave ammo on the counter nowadays, though. <laughs> that, was, that was probably a bad move, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was... Yeah, you'd think. I don't mean to, like, question the Terminator in this scene, though, but he was going to kill the Gunsaw owner anyway. Why not do it at the start and then just grab all the guns you want? You don't have to... Yeah, get, get, get the, the owner team. to get them. I think I think the owner had to get things for the back as well, you know. Uh, and then continuing on with the horror theme, he then goes uh, to a phone book and finds where all of the different Sarah Connors live mm. and goes and terminates them all. Mm. Which I forgot happens in this movie. But yeah, like the horror element is just prevalent throughout the entire film. I mean, it mm. really is, yeah, a slasher, but with guns instead of a knife or something. It's cool. I, I really like this because it, it makes sense. You go through the phone book and you just kill all the Saracanas. There you go. Done. Yeah. And Kyle explains later on that they didn't they didn't have the records from uh, back then and that they just had the city. So he just like a machine, you know, process of elimination. I guess, mm. luckily, this Sarah Connor was, I guess, the last woman uh, yeah. in the, listed in the telephone directory, so that works. Look, she's the first on the list. Bang. All right, that's the end of the movie. She's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I wonder what the body count of this movie is, because a mm. lot of people die. It's got to be probably... Where, which m- part? The dystopian just... future where oh. everyone's dead? Oh, that as well. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> Didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah. Billions. Because there's, there's like three Sarah Connors, there's that one soldier, there's gun store owner. Yep, all the cops. On IMDb, it's somewhere in the trivia, which again, who knows how accurate mm. that is. It says 28. 28? The punkers, it's literally what it says, the punker, the gun yeah. store owner, the first two Sarah Connors, Matt and Ginger, three of the people at the nightclub, uh, 17 police officers, ah. a, a Sarah's mom, and the truck driver. But it's, that seems kind of iffy. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. And then Kyle Reese. Oh yeah, and then of course Kyle Reese. Yeah, interesting. Spoiler, spoiler alert! Oh god, spoilers! Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. spoilers. For- <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, I guess Kyle Reese's virginity also dies. Oof! It's true. Right, Twenty nine. That poor man. <laughs> uh, so. After this, I was very interested to see what you thought of this, Robert, because as soon as he kills the first Sarah Connor, we cut to the lead of the movie, uh, Mm. Sarah Connor, at work, watching a news report on it. Immediately. Immediately the news are reporting on it. What did you think of that? You know, they gotta gotta save some time here. So, uh, apparently Sarah Connor's... Uh, it's it's weird because the movie already treats like treats Sarah Connor like it's a big deal. Like mm. the first Sarah Connor has been killed. All Sarah Connors lock your door. <laughs> mm. It's uh, it it makes it, it it's yeah in the world in the world of the movie Sarah Connor is apparently already a big deal. Um, mm. But then I love how it's it so pa- how fast it turns into mm. basically like a, they're identifying the Terminator as a serial killer. Yeah, that, that mm. it's immediately just kind of goes into manhunt mode. Um, mm. which I, I find really fascinating. And of course, I think her roommate 
has that line like, oh, guess what, honey? You're dead. <laughs> yes. Oh, come check this out. Ha, look, you died, idiot. <laughs> so she goes back home and uh, the phone call scene is probably the first long joke in the movie where um, Ginger, her roommate's boyfriend, calls up. What happens, Robert? What What, what is th- this joke? Oh, boy, you're giving me this? Yeah, describe <laughs> in detail. No, no, we will not be describing in detail. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it's, I feel like, weirdly, this is the only moment in the movie that our Sarah Connor is actually enjoying her herself. Like, she's actually <laughs> enjoying life. She's having a laugh. She feels she's she's having someone express their their in, in romantic interest in her. She has the upper hand for the first and only time in the movie until the end when she takes out the Terminator, basically. Yeah. Uh, and so no, I really love that that scene where Mark is. Uh, I think it's Mark is basically like whoa. So it's it's. I'm not gonna get into it, but it's the whole. Here's what I'm gonna do first. <laughs> he has like a uh, uh, mm. a to do list of what the evening will entail for Ginger. No, I, I think that that scene is so funny. It's It feels like the kind of thing that could have easily been cut out, but I'm glad that Cameron <laughs> left it in there just because it does humanize Sarah quite yeah, a bit. Yeah. I feel like that's a bit mean to poor Soldier Boy. I'm sure I'm sure that sex scene was also a bit where she enjoyed herself. Like, come on. Well, that's true. <laughs> he probably did a good job. Like, come on. <laughs> come on. Why are you going to be to the middle of that? I'm sure she enjoyed herself. <laughs> But that 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 seemed like the bright spot of her of her pre Terminator life. Let's put it yeah, that way. Yeah. Everything mm. else was just like she's like getting Peter Parkered everywhere. Just like oh man, everything sucks. <laughs> yes, mm. she was getting Peter Parkered. That's a good adjective. I like that. I'm going to use that more. <laughs> Don't you hate it when you get Peter Parkered? Uh, so she heads off to a movie, which is a bad thing because the cops are investigating the Sarah Connor killer. That is a tough mm. thing to say. Uh, and are trying to get a hold of her, uh, but they can't, yeah, because she's at the cinema. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Mike and the roommate... A ginger, yeah. And they're playing music really loud <laughs> while they're banging. Of course. A class... A classic. So they don't they don't hear the the cops calling up. And we then cut to the police station and they're like, Alright, that didn't work. We'll try and contact her through the media. And then there's a yo mama joke for no reason. Yes! <laughs> yo mama. But then yeah, uh she's at a bar, she sees uh the uh, the police are trying to contact her on the news, so she tries to find a phone, uh, but while doing so realizes that Carl Reese is following her. So she's, she does a bit of quick thinking and hops into a, a nightclub. Yeah. I, I love the movie logic that she's safe when she's in the movie theater, but going to the nightclub might kill you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Should have sticked in the movie theater. <laughs> I think that's an interesting takeaway. Oh, and, and the fact that the, the club is named Tech Noir, which is basically kind of what this, this movie is, is genre, I guess, is sort of that techno noir slashers sort of deal yeah oh i like their answering phone every time it answers it's like ah tricked you uh this is this is a answering machine uh but hey you can talk to the answering machine machines need some love you know (laughs) (laughs) a lamau i love those subtle jokes that they put in throughout the film I, i i'm a big fan uh, speaking of, yeah, the answering machine, this is when Arnie goes over to the apartment and kills them both. This is just a horror moment scene, really, the way that he kills them. Yeah. You have lady dancing in the kitchen, listening to music, can't hear a boyfriend being murdered. <laughs> Meanwhile, boyfriend's like, oh, I'm going to mess you up, buddy. 
<laughs> he does say that, yeah. Tries to uh, stop the Terminator with a lamppost. Somehow that doesn't work. He dies and then uh, sma- smashes through a window or whatever. And then uh lady's like, oh man, wait a minute. My boyfriend's getting murdered. That's mm. rather upsetting, actually. And then she dies. Pretty intense, especially considering that I think we were all pretty young when we saw this for the first time. This is some intense, violent stuff. Ah, oh, but even as a kid I know, ah, oh, well, if you listen to music too loudly, you're gonna die. That's just how it happens. <laughs> that is but, that's what I was told as a kid. It was it was pressed into me by all these movies. That to this day I never listen to music too loudly in case a slash of villains nearby. <laughs> Know. So then after that, yeah, Arnie heads to the nightclub as well. We we get the scene where she's there on the phone. She's noticing that Carl Reese is there and thinks that Carl Reese is the, the phone book killer, as he has been dubbed at this point. Well, he does look like a killer because he's a soldier, you know, he's got scars and other things. And he does look at him very creepily. Yeah. I mean, that, again, these are all things that the second one also does mm. where... Uh, that scene they were again if you hadn't seen if you didn't know the market based on the marketing that arnold was playing the hero the sequel sort of plays it out like oh shit it's arnold and he's after her again but mm. then does the same kind of trick of reversing who the hero is and who the villain mm. is yeah it's a lot of the same tricks that cameron uses in the sequel <laughs> yeah there's a mo- there's a moment in the second one where uh arnold uh, the the arnold's terminator is talking to the t1000 both pretending to be <laughs> different people <laughs> Uh, yes. So yeah, there's that moment as well, <laughs> which is great. Is really Again, T two, it's great. It is. It's it really just improves on everything. It is. Great. It's good. This one's better though, but it's good. <laughs> yeah. Look, look. That is a hill I'm gonna die on. All right. <laughs> that the thing is, I saw Terminator two first, and it's ingrained in me. So yeah, they're they're at the club, and then Arnie goes to shoot uh, Sarah, and she's like, "Oh no, this is the bad dude all along." Mm. And then Carl Reese is like, "All right, I'm I'm gonna come and save you." And then we just get this very very long shootout. It's pretty intense. It goes on for a while. Oh, it's great. And then there's a classic line in here as well, isn't there, Robert? Oh yes, come with me if you want to live mm. again, which was which is reprised. Ad nauseum in every single one of those, like I'll be back and hasta la vista, that they keep remixing uh, in subsequent films. But yeah, it has that impact here because we've never heard it before, unless we've seen T two first, which I I think I did as well, honestly. Mm, yeah, but it, it it it's it's interesting how that started off as a, a non Arnie line, yeah, and then was was moved on to Arnie, which is cool. That I like is it. True, that is very true. Yeah, didn't even think about that. Mm. Uh, then uh, the chase continues as they go to a car. Uh, we got Carl Reese and Sarah Connor in a car, and then Arnie's ch- chasing them in a cop car. Yeah, like from this moment onwards. I mean, really from the uh, from the nightclub scene to about an hour into the movie, the action never lets up. It's it, it's constant for the rest of the film, pretty much. Oh yeah, even in the dull scenes, they get some action. But it's it's good. No, no, it's good. I love I love the the chase scene, and then he uses the like the cop radio to be able to locate things, and like he he uses the the voice modulating thing to like reply on the the radio as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. And like immediately when on the cop radio goes, oh, suspect car found it. Blah, blah, blah. We see the Terminator instantly turning around the car 
to go to the at the exact spot. On top of that as well, what did you think of uh, the majority of the exposition actually coming during this quite tense action sequence? I mean, I, I like that. I think that I think the backstory is really interesting and I liked seeing Sarah Connor's reaction to it. And it's like we were saying earlier how all of a sudden she's like, oh, okay, that explains it. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but then later on when, when they have Kyle in, you know, in, in the interrogation room, she she's sort of like negotiating in her head where she's like, well, maybe this isn't all, maybe it's not a future thing. Maybe it's mm. just some crazy guy. Like she's trying to s- suss it out in her head. And uh, I think it's a little bit of denial. Like, wait, no, this can't happen. She's like, she has that whole mm. that whole mm. moment towards the end, which is like, I'm not the future of the mother of the future. Like, look at me. I don't even know how to balance my checkbook. She says. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So I think she's she's in denial of her own potential. I think, and I think that's it's a really it's really interesting to see her soak that in and just be like, sure, okay, I guess this is what we're rolling with. Is that there's a <laughs> robot after me? And uh, mm. yeah, we're going where this way, this way, left. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I I love that, and I and getting that glimpse later on to which I'm sure we'll get to uh, where with the flashback and Kyle's sort of. Uh, connection perceived connection to sarah yeah which is another good moment as well and then yeah also that she's going to be the mother of john connor Uh, it seems like in this future sarah is alive for a lot of the resistance as well that that's what i kind of picked up as well that she was alive for a lot of the robot uprising which i don't think is the case in the future we see in like t3 yeah, yeah, it changes. Yeah, at some point she dies, but I can't remember when. Yeah, each time they send a Terminator back to try and do something, it changes the sort of thing, mm. which is just a whole can of worms to to try and dive into. But <laughs> oh yeah, let's, let's yeah, let's yeah, pretty swim much swim to shore the, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much the only part of this franchise that everyone accepts as canon is the first two movies. And then after T2, you can either go Sarah Connor Chronicles, the show, or T3, or Dark Fate, or Genesis. It's just like, (laughs) whatever pictures your poison. Uh, All canon. They're just different universes. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Split uh, split timelines. Alternate realities. It's fine. And we can fix this. Put patches. Keep naming (laughs) theories. We we can fix this. (laughs) They'll do a Terminator multiverse eventually and then just make it all make sense. Oh, no. Oh, that would be... (laughs) I want to see, like... 12 Arnold Schwarzeneggers just going at each other. <laughs> that would be cool. I'd also love to see uh, Linda Connor going up to Jai Courtney's car race and just being like, right. you're a very different person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This can't be John. Um, Kyle Reese, this is uh, Captain Boomerang. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the only character he has really right now, right? Ah, uh, yeah, pretty much. Gotta love me some Captain Boomerang, though. He's good. Real Australian. He is good as Captain Boomerang, to be fair. He is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He is the best part of any of those movies that he's a part of. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to the film. Arnie drives his car directly into a wall, <laughs> which is great. I, I didn't know if he knew road rules at all. If that was a thing, I, I was there a scene where he disobeys road rules? I don't think there's a future scene where he get, gets a ticket or anything like that. No. Oh yeah. no, no, that, that's that's not exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> that would be a great scene though. He's driving along, and then a Terminator pulls him over and is like, "Hey, you're not obeying the road rules. Do you know how fast you are going? <laughs> <laughs> License and registration, please. They can use it in the multiverse crossover. See, yeah. there you go. Ah, oh, yes, RoboCop." Wait, Ooh. 
That's already a thing. <laughs> no, see what they need to do. There, there's all these sci-fi action series from the '80s that are all like messed messed up. There's one or two good ones, and then everything has been trying to recapture that. So we just mm. need to get Terminator, RoboCop, Alien, and Predator, and just be like Ooh. all coexisting. Go for it. Make it happen. No, you could literally and- have a Terminator movie where, like, multiverse where he is RoboCop. Where Skynet makes these RoboCops. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that also works because if you're, you're putting Alien in there, Alien's uh, definitively connected to Blade Runner as well through Prometheus. So mm, it's true. There's, there's just cyborgs there as well. You, you can connect them all up. And then mm. you have RoboCop Arnold Schwarzenegger versus Alien versus Predator. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, not, it's no worse than anything any of those franchises have come out with in the last, like, 20 years, for Look, the most part. <laughs> if you're gonna yeah. go ham, you go the full hog, exactly. right? <laughs> yeah, don't stop at yeah. one series. That's right. Just gonna... then, then you have, like, the, the a- Avatar aliens, you know, flying around, <laughs> and, and, and everything. You just you get them all in here. You put them all in there. Throw in Freddy versus Jason as well. They're there for no reason, having their own little battle on the side. There you go. Yeah. Just all the movies with a V in them. Batman vs. Superman, they're in there as well. <laughs> we could be on a spaceship, and then in the background of that spaceship, we see Freddy and uh, him battling it out yeah. in the background. He's just trying to get into like Terminator dreams, but it's not working because they obviously don't dream. It's like, oh no, I'm useless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but we know that uh, replicants dream. So oh, they do. there you go. Yeah. Mm. They dream of electric sheep, according to uh, they do indeed the book that it's based off. Now it's going to be very scary, sharp fingered cheap question mark <laughs> i think we've already come up with the sequel <laughs> i think so i think we just did uh so now that arnie is supposedly dead because he drove into a wall uh kyle reese and sarah connor get taken to the police station we mentioned the scene before but kyle reese is interrogated and really he probably could have done a better job at making him himself seem sane <laughs> probably yeah but that's not exactly what he's trained for i feel no that's true he's not trained for interrogation he's he's trained to kill things i liked i liked the the psych doctor where he's like wow this guy's elaborate (laughs) his story's incredible i can make my career off of him yeah he, he covers all his bases it's it's great it's almost like it's true what a nutcase I feel like that's also James Cameron sort of like patting his screenwriting on the back a little bit. Like, yeah, you're right. It all holds together, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that is funny. I didn't think about that. Yeah, he's like, yeah, this story's airtight and I'm going to point it out. Job done. <laughs> that is so true. I didn't think of that. But yeah, no. Uh, so he's having a great time with this. The cops are all like, ha. What a loon. Yeah, they do say that at some point. They say, in the technical terminology, he is a loon. They have um, the, like, tape of him admitting all this stuff, and then he gets, like, super violent and like, oh, we should probably turn that off in front of, you know, the victim here <laughs> who's standing here watching this. Yeah, that's true. Because they're, they're being real comforting. They're like, hey, it's all right. You're safe now at the cop place. Nothing bad could happen here. We got 30 cops on standby. What? What's the worst that could happen? Well, they all die. Spoilers, they're all dead. They are. Well, at least 17 of them, according to... According to IMDb. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then the, uh, the psych doctor lives again to show up in the next two, actually. Yeah. Oh, he does, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Which I think is why I can... If of, my, of the options we have, I do just throw Terminator 3 in there as the, uh, the, end, of the, the end of the franchise... 
Mm. Sandra, you know, we talked about on Machete how I'm obsessed with trilogies. So mm. I, I, I just take Terminator 3 mm. and be like, all right, that, that'll be it. And I feel like the fact that he pops up briefly in there is why I'm just like, okay, well, this has to be canon. Because you got yeah. Dr. Silverman mm. in there. You got John Connor. Okay. Sarah Connor, Kyle Reese in a Terminator. Dr. Silverman. Oh, okay. There you go. All the boxes are checked. Perfect. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, though, Terminator 3 does have a very good ending. I really like the ending it of that does. movie. Mm. So, yeah. it, it totally redeems everything that came before it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, mostly. Mostly. The sunglasses I'm still iffy on. <laughs> <laughs> Sunglasses were the best bit. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> but yeah, no, any, any movie without the psych doctors, non-canon, for no. sure. Exactly. That's true, that's true. Um, but meanwhile, Robert, what is Arnie doing in his, in his apartment? He has a little bit of eye surgery going on, um, which, again, like we, we mentioned earlier, the effect that has aged the most, <laughs> the most poorly, yeah. uh, by far, is that prosthetic head that they have going on there. It's still very icky when he pulls off the out the oh. outside covering of his eye. Fuck mm. me, I was not ready. No, I know. Every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, that's right. He gets right in there and just crams yeah. it out yeah. with the scalpel. It's some good effects. It's some good effects. How did you guys feel about? Uh, the the effect of the Terminator's, I guess, neck and, and shoulders uh, and that whole apparatus. Uh, yeah, it's probably the part that's, <laughs> that's aged the worst out of this movie, eh? I feel like Cameron was really confident about it, though, because they show it later on. Like, it shows up in quite a few shots. It does, yeah. Well, may- maybe there's some lore behind this, you see, because they talk about uh, the synthetic... Uh, Terminators or whatever, how they were really easy to spot. The like they were really shiny and stuff, but also like he's cutting up all his skin and like bleeding everywhere. Maybe the skin that's on him just died, which is why he looks so pale and gross and weird. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, later on they do show that uh, there are flies all over him, and it, says, it seems like his flesh, at least around the face, is kind of rotting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the the cleaning person even says, what do you got, a dead cat in there or something? So there's clearly a smell happening as well. The one that he tells to fuck you, asshole. Um, yeah. That guy. So, yeah, I think there is there. But, oh, boy, I really enjoyed the, the gore scene. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. It really made me cringe. Every time he picked up the scalpel, I was like, oh, no, stop. Oh, God. Oh. Uh, he's going back in. Oh, why would you? Oh, God. Cameron. No. Oh. <laughs> Oh, cat! Oh, it is a bit like that though. I've been watching uh, the Ridley Scott TV show Raised by Wolves recently, and there is so much gore in that show, and I'm fine with it. But as soon as one of the robots pulls out their eye, I'm like, oh no, don't do that, oh, oh. Cameron. <laughs> what are you doing? Stop with the eye stuff. It's a good time. So she then goes to sleep uh, on the couch, Sarah Connor. That is on the couch in the uh, in the police headquarters uh, while while Arnie rocks up again this is where we get the classic line i'll be back because he's turned away at the front desk i'm a i'm a friend of sarah connor i'd like to see her hey hey can i can i see my friend sarah connor i don't want to shoot her Uh, (laughs) nope okay yeah i'll be back totally inconspicuous yeah very very inconspicuous the giant dude with sunglasses It's interesting that the I'll be back line became so famous based off the scene that it's in not really being anything too special. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it is a, an interesting line there, though. Mm. 
it, it's funny because he's like, I'll be back. And then two seconds later, he's ramming the, the car <laughs> yes. through the doors. So it's a pretty great line. It's a good moment. I, I was, I think, too young to remember exactly how that became as big a thing. But I do remember in the teaser for the sequel... It does end with him popping up and saying something like, I said I'd be back. Or, or, or like, the, mm. as if the yeah. sequel is like mythologizing the line mm. in and of itself. So I wonder how much of that was really per- perpetuated by the, the okay. next movie. Well, there was eight yeah. years in between the two, maybe, or seven? Seven. Yeah. yeah 91. Yeah, you're right. Because that definitely would have helped the line become more famous because they reference it in the advertisement. Mm, And that would have had more effect on pop culture back then. Oh, definitely. So Mm, For sure. So so that would have immortalized the line because it referenced it, let alone the people already quoting it as well. Now, Terminator 2, Robert, was that also uh, an R-rated film over in America? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I, I... I'm not hundred percent sure, but I, I think I think I saw that in theaters. Nice. Uh, at the age of, I would have been eight at that time. Um, so, <laughs> ah, yes, my favorite family-friendly movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, maybe my parents were like, "Well, they have toys of it. How bad could it be?" Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good logic. I mean, if they make toys of it. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, yeah, it was definitely R-rated. I, I feel like there's a few moments of, of uh, you know, kind of R-rated level violence in that one. But it's definitely, mm. I feel like, toned down from here. Yeah. Uh, in part because by that point, Arnold was such a huge star. And so he, you know, he ended up playing the hero. And John, uh, John Connor immediately gives him that, we don't kill anybody. You know, so he's just mm. shooting kneecaps for most of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, yeah, it definitely was R. Okay. I think it would probably be MA nowadays. In Australia? It's actually M in Australia, which is uh, closer to PG-13. Yeah, visas are both M in Australia. In classic Australian fashion, the reason this Terminator movie is rated the equivalent of PG-13 is because there's a sex scene. Not because of the violence. Yep. (laughs) That doesn't matter. We we don't care about that. (laughs) Yeah, but but banging? My God! How dare they? Two people having sex? We can't have that. No, no, no. Anyway, uh, continue with the eyeball gouging. That's good. Yeah, that's Keep fine. Going. That's fine. K- kids can watch that. In fact, in fact, we will have we will have a McDonald's Happy Meal toy where you can pull out the eye yourself. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Add some cops to shoot. That sounds good. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> going back to the scene though, he does ram a car right through the front of the police station, then mm. walks on through. This is the first time we see his robo vision as well. Yeah, that's sweet. This scene's awesome. Yeah. He, he just walks through and mows down people, and they're all panicking, and they try to do anything. But he just, he, like, casually strolls through. It's very, like, I like when villains, like Darth Vader and other things, they just take their time. They slowly, methodically move through an area, just destroying everything in their path, you know? But Sarah Connor, yeah, is reunited with Carl Reese at this moment. They make a run for it. Uh, they pre- mm. they pretty much just jump in a car and drive as far as they can before they run out of fuel and they very quickly lose them. So yeah, I'd like to shout out to that one guard that was completely useless at at stopping uh, Carl from escaping. Uh, we we see the scene where they're panicking, they're going off, and the the chief of police goes like, "Keep an eye on this guy." And then turns around and immediately the guard gets like knocked out. Mm. 
and his keys stolen. Like <laughs> the second he says, "Keep an eye on this guy," yeah, he's he's down for a cow. <laughs> it's true. so he does save the film by being very poor at his job. Uh, so they drive and drive and drive until they can't drive no more. They uh, they decide to rest underneath a bridge, and this is where we get another mm-hmm. flashback sequence. The one that you mentioned before, Robert, where uh, where we see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, more of a tender moment between Kyle and a photograph. This is a good one. I really, yeah, I, I like that moment a lot. I think it, uh, you finally start to understand a little more about Kyle Reese and his motivation because he does say that he volunteered mm. to do this mission and now we finally understand why. Plus, mm. there's the whole other element that John Connor, who knew about his dad, yep. sent his dad back to fuck his mom and <laughs> conceive him. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, uh, it, it's sort of um, Sarah Connor says it towards the end of the movie. She's a person could go crazy thinking about this. I'm like, yeah, we can. We've obsessed over it for like 30 years. We're like, wait a minute, <laughs> how does that even work? Um, yeah. But yes, no, I, I I do like that, and it explains a lot about uh, about Kyle Reese and where he's coming from and why he's so focused on the soldier side of him because he doesn't really have a whole lot else going on. Yeah. Hey. Hey, Dad, here's a picture of Mom. you got to fuck her eventually and make me. It's going to be a great Yeah, he's time. like, here, I'm going to give you this so you can, you know, beat off to it for a while until I eventually send you back to meet her, and then you'll be all primed and ready to go. Get, get in some good practice, you know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I also liked, though, with the photo at the very end as well in what might be the only sweet moment in the movie is when we find out that when the picture was taken, she was thinking about Kyle as well, which is a nice moment. I think that's a really nice little moment they put in there. It, it all loops around, which is wacky because she's thinking about Kyle's death in the photo and that photo is what's given to him to look at. And he's like, why does she look so sad? I'll never know. And it's at your own death. And it's like, what? Yeah. Time travel. Stop. <laughs> God. You hurt my brain cells. Uh, we then cut to the morning. Kyle and Sarah head off to a hotel to uh, freshen up, buy supplies. Oh, yeah, they get they get real fresh. <laughs> yeah, they do. Fresh with that nitroglycerin. That's it. It was nitroglycerin. <laughs> they I do know nitroglycerin. Yeah. Let's say things go off with a bang. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I mean, he, he does say, I came across time for you. So, you know respect because that's a pretty solid line <laughs> yeah. That's... yeah 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 and also compared to every other sex scene we've seen this year this one's definitely more tasteful there's no like mm. lingering shots or anything that makes you feel yeah. like oh th- th- that director's been a bit weird there's none of that which is you know mm. props to james cameron also they they have to do it otherwise uh good old future's kind of kind of ruined it's true so it's for the future, you know. But I'll tell you what, they aren't the only ones coming because Arnie's coming as well. He. What? Oh. <laughs> oh. He. That was not... <laughs> no, thank you. He's killed Sarah's mum. That was not the segue I wanted. No. <laughs> I wrote that segue down in my notes. I have had this plan since yesterday. Nice. Oh, that makes it so much worse. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it does make it worse, doesn't it? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Has he killed Sarah Connor's mum? What do you think, Robert? Because it's, it's all off screen. It could be. I mean, it's it's implied. She, he's clearly answering her phone. And as we saw at the police station, he doesn't exactly be like, excuse me, ma'am, can I use your phone for a minute? <laughs> Let me get that. You know, he's, he's just going to blow right blow right in there and uh, and take over that space. So, I mean, I think it's 
unless she was at the market or something, and I think it's supposed to be like the middle of the night, I would say for the most part, it's pretty safe to assume she's not in the best of shape. Yeah. Let's put it that way. That's true. Because he he definitely interacted with her Mm -hmm. because he has her voice. That's true. That's true. Good point. Uh, for For the phone call. And I don't, I, I hate to put this on the Terminator, but he's not exactly a sociable person. He's not really a, a, a meet you and not murder you sort of guy. Right, exactly. So I hate to say it, but I suspect she might be dead. Yeah. He drives over to the, the motel. Uh, we get another very long chase through, through mm. a tunnel where he's chasing on the motorcycle there in a the car. Goes on for, yeah, a while, and it's it's really good. It's great sequence. I... I I like this thing. This is a thing I we we didn't mention, but dogs can smell terminators. So whenever they like smell one, they start barking. And so in the flashback, we see that uh, like he goes through the like security that they have, which is they they like you know ask who name it is, and then they let people in, and then there's like dogs right at the front, and then later on more people get let in, but the dogs start barking, and immediately. Carl's like up and at him. He pulls out his gun because he knows for a fact that there's a Terminator. And then we see it's revealed there's a Terminator and he starts shooting people. But in this scene at the hotel, there's another dog and it starts barking at the Terminator, which would have alerted Carl, which is why he manages to escape and like hops in the truck and all that. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was very clever because they don't put any like sort of emphasis on it. They just have the dog barking because because Carl would have been instantly up. He would be waking up at every dog bark. Definitely, yeah. So I think this is very clever, but it's very subtle. So yeah, uh, the chase goes on for a while. During the chase, I think Kyle gets hit or something. He's out of it a little bit. Oh, he gets a little shot up. Just a couple bullets. Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah, easy. He'll 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 brush it off. You know, doesn't yeah, even yeah. need a dressing. <laughs> There's a great moment uh, where I think it's uh, Arnie's bike or something goes flying, and then he just scrapes across the road. Oh yeah, yeah. He gets knocked off the motorcycle, and then Sarah and Kyle's truck flips over, and then he jumps in that uh, oil tanker and then just drives it straight at them. Yeah, that's pretty great. Kyle chucks an explosive in the tanker. It all it all blows up, and you think he's dead for a while. You you think Arnie's gone for about two minutes. I feel like this is also like the first uh, James Cameron kind of fourth act uh, structure that he does this in Aliens. He does this in True Lies, where mm. everything is okay, and oh, there's the Queen. The Queen Xenomorph is coming after us. Or, yeah. Oh, they kidnapped yeah, yeah, Arnold's yeah, yeah, daughter yeah. in True Lies. Like this is the. This is where he falls in love with, like, oh, I'm going to make everybody think the credits are about to roll, happy ending, and then, oh, no, shit's not over yet. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so then we get gorgeous stop-motion animation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Coming out yeah. of the fire and chasing them. Hell yeah. it, does it look good? What do you think? <laughs> what do you think, Robert? Is it good? Does it not hold up? It doesn't look realistic at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but mm. for stop-motion, and, I mean, I'm a fan of stop-motion. I, I, I'm all good with that. For the time... This was probably their best bet. Uh, and they, mm. they use practical whenever they can, when it's mm. like a close-up of, of the feet going in the ground, or you know, when it's it's certain mm. things you can tell when they're just trying, they, they have an actual, you know, animatronic Prop. or whatever yeah. Um, yeah. in certain shots. But yeah, for those wide shots, there's not really a whole lot else they could have done. I can't imagine 
what mm. would have what they could have pulled off, especially on the budget that they had at this point. And considering the budget as well, it does look a bit better than the stop motion that we saw in like Ghostbusters as well. There were some moments in Ghostbusters that just aren't quite there. So, mm. uh, yeah, it did look pretty good. I think they did well. Is there stop motion in T2? I don't think so. That's all the liquid effects, isn't it? I think I think it's yeah, pretty much all CG. That's That was like the first big blockbuster to really land CG before mm. um, Jurassic Park and things like that. But yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we think that he's dead. He isn't. He comes out of the flames. He's now full Terminator. It's a great moment. They run away. They hide in a factory. And Kyle, he's really, really not doing well. And as we, we mentioned at the start, Sarah's like, get up, soldier. It's a great moment. It's it's good because she's, she's smart. She's appealing to his, his training because he, he's not running on anything at the moment. He's running on zero. Tank's empty. He doesn't need uh, the brain to work to work at this point. He just needs his training to kick in, to just keep moving, you know? Yeah, complete the mission. On your feet, soldier. And uh, he does end up sacrificing himself as well for Sarah. How does that play out? Yeah, uh, so they, they go into the factory. They turn the machinery on to confuse the Terminator. So he throws the pipe bomb into the Terminator's... Uh, like tummy, basically, where it's exposed. Mm, in his tum tum. In his tum tum, he gives him a little bit of indigestion, <laughs> yes. and then you know, explodes as as you do when you have indigestion. That's how it works, right? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Very gassy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then uh, explodes, and then uh, Kyle is uh, Kyle is out, and the Terminator is still going. Which I, I love that he had that whole. That whole monologue about they, they will not stop. This is all they do. They will not sleep. Because so now we have a Terminator torso that's just like crawling yeah. towards Sarah. <laughs> um, basically, as Kyle was just running on like fumes at this point. Mm. Uh, it, mm. it, yeah, it's it's really intense. The fact that it's just like clawing after her. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally we're getting her within its grasp for the first time yeah. before she uh she takes some action and and terminates him <laughs> uh, which i which i love that's the big hero moment that she gets with the uh the hydraulic press you're terminated motherfucker <laughs> yeah exactly yes. love it yeah oh it's so good yeah i love just how relentless it is particularly in this final like 20 minutes it's just constant right. it's good it is really good yeah I, I love it he sacrificed himself to blow him up but oh no mm. he's still coming yeah it's sacrifice no but then they they just barely like she's literally about to be choked to death by the terminator mm -hmm. as she uh presses him and even then the like press takes like a while to crush this machine because yeah. it's it's so like tanky ironic machine taken out by a machine exactly yeah, yeah yeah and now that she's won yeah we cut to the future we see that she's pregnant she's got a dog as well as you mentioned before the the dog to be on the lookout gotta get those dogs and she is recording tapes for for john connor and it ends with her getting her picture taken which is a nice moment mm. and also the line uh, there's a storm coming and her response is yeah I know which is good which is a good moment as well but she also knows the future is not set so there's still hope I guess too which I like exactly yeah yeah you know what they say dogs robots worst friend it's true that's, that's that is that's what people say. <laughs> that is famously what they say <laughs> 
Yes, correct. <laughs> and that is the movie. That is the Terminator. Quite a long synopsis there, but look, it's one. It's one of the biggest it's movies of the year. So you know, <laughs> it's great. It's great. This is yeah, definitely one of our longer synopsises. But this is probably the best movie we've seen. I uh, I don't know if I would. Well, is this better than Ghostbusters? I don't know. Personally, I would probably watch this more than I would go back to Ghostbusters. So I think this might be my favorite film of the year. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. It's definitely mine for sure. Although Ghostbusters is pretty great. Like, yeah. like let's not let's not diss on Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters is pretty great. No, it's excellent. But like it's a five star movie. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, no. Now that I'm thinking about Ghostbusters or Terminator, those are two really like mm. juggernauts. So yeah. I, I'll, I'll be undecided whether either one of them is better than the other because they, they're different genres as well I mean technically from a filmmaking standpoint I think Amadeus is probably the better film out of all of these I but from a Fuck uh, nostalgic blockbuster point of view it is between those two definitely yeah. Amadeus is great and all but I definitely prefer these two I'll go with Terminator for now just because nice. I've seen it more recently <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the way that we wrap these up, Rob, is we usually, uh, either rate it an oldie or a goodie, but I'm gonna put forward right here, and let me know what you think, this is better than a goodie. No, I, yeah, I agree, I mean, this is a, this is a classic, there's a reason that people are still trying to recapture what Cameron created here, and that's because it's so compelling, like, like we said, like we've been talking about, there's elements of, of horror, there's elements of sci-fi, it kind of, it makes you think and gives you a headache when you try and figure out the time travel logic of it all <laughs> yeah, yeah uh there's there's the cautionary tale with the um, with the machines and how you know we're mm. getting pretty close to 2029 are we are we heading in, in this in this direction nuclear think, war think and all christmas that stuff? is coming early this century <laughs> uh, so far so good am i right yeah i know um <laughs> so no this is uh, yeah this is it's a great movie um and the only reason i haven't revisited it more over the years is probably because I just usually go to Terminator 2 if I'm watching mm. a Terminator movie uh, and to, you know, cause in comparison to Ghostbusters where clearly I'm going to go with Ghostbusters over Ghostbusters 2 in oh, yeah. the other week. So <laughs> I think that's, <laughs> that's why in the Ghostbusters versus Terminator, I'd be Ghostbusters and then Terminator 2. Yeah, for sure. That that's the thing. I think this franchise is, is a landmark movie franchise in the fact that the second movie is so good. It is. Like, sequels yeah. almost never have just the insane amount of, this is, like, really good. Like, almost... in in And the debate of which is the better movie, the first or the second, is almost unheard of. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I said almost. Almost unheard of. It is, because uh, like, at this point, the only two big sequels that I can think of that were better than the first one was probably Godfather 2 and Empire Strikes Back. Mm. Yeah. Aside from that, it, yeah, it really was unheard of. And yeah, the, the, the fact that Terminator 2, a two and a half hour long movie with so many concepts and it's also very violent, became such a massive hit is pretty incredible. Mm. Yeah. And this was back in the day where sequels weren't uh weren't just handed out left and right not everything got a sequel this was still mm. when that was rare and if if it was made it was kind of inherently assumed to be oh just a cash grab or you know the like the 700 mm. police academy <laughs> movies they oh, released yeah. in the 80s imagine imagine having <laughs> lots of sequels that were all cash grabs for a <laughs> franchise what what <laughs> Imagine. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I love that there's 10 Friday the 13th movies and they're all parodies of the first one. 
to be fair, as as you said, the like they get really bad, but then they start taking themselves not anywhere near seriously, and yeah. then they start becoming quite good again. That's true. You know. Uh, yeah. So I think, yeah, I think uh, the the Terminator here does get out better than a Goody Award, which for some reason is called the Where's Ron Jeremy Award this year. I don't know why. <laughs> Listen to the Ghostbusters episode because <laughs> Ron Jeremy was in Ghostbusters, and then we were like, we need to name an award after this. What is it? Where's Ron Jeremy? There we go. So. Yep. The Terminator gets the... I think it's the fourth Where's Ron Jeremy Award because it also went to Gremlins and Amadeus, so... Nice. Uh, I also want to point out that this also could get the Dead Dad Award. Uh, sequel time. <laughs> Usually we pitch a sequel, but there are so many sequels to this movie that we just might not do it. My pitch is they make Terminator 2 and then they stop. That's my sequel pitch. <laughs> yeah, right? Or maybe make Sarah Connor Chronicles as well, but give it an actual ending instead of ending it on a cliffhanger. Maybe that's mm. another good sequel idea. I feel like if this was a more recent franchise, that, that they would have just done like a Netflix series or something. Yeah. After the mm. second one. We're like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take it that in that direction. Oh man, a Terminator Netflix series would be great. Well, because Dark Fate didn't do very well, so they probably would bring it back mm. in TV rather than in film if they were to bring back mm. Terminator anytime soon yeah i would think so uh who owns the rights to terminator is it warner brothers i feel like it dark fate was warner brothers yeah it's like a hbo because it's it's gotten passed around quite a bit the franchise rights were sort of up for grabs at one point Mm. oh Mm. actually it's uh it looks like fox oh this is a disney property but paramount in north america fox internationally Ah. has dark fate so maybe disney plus miniseries maybe (laughs) (laughs) right after frozen (laughs) terminator (laughs) there you go uh mine's definitely it opens up with uh, a robocop arnold schwarzenegger in a helicopter flying over a distant planet with these flying blue aliens around but then suddenly like a cloaked ship appears and starts shooting up people but then, uh, so, so Robocop goes over in the helicopter and, like, starts battling this predator in the ship. Meanwhile, uh, the, the, the blue alien people, chest bursters, just start popping out. And then, uh, of course, uh, the, the Elsa shows up. What? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's owned by Disney, right? It's all connected. Oh, dude, but then uh, then Darth Vader shows up. And Sam Jackson wants to recruit him for the Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Disney do own the rights to Terminator. They definitely own the rights for Alien and Predator because they're Fox as well. They own the rights to all of these. Avatar is Fox. So is Avatar. Yeah. The Terminator's a Disney princess. If you had to come up with the sequel, Robin, are there any ideas? Where would you want them to take the franchise? (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, it's. I mean, it's hard to see it. Sequel to this is Terminator Two, so that's a given. Yeah, definitely. We we're not going to change that. Beyond that, uh, again, I feel like we already have four possible outcomes, and I feel like the most longevity would have been in the TV route. But at this point, I mean, I kind of just want them to go balls to the wall and and throw everything together. Like I said, like I think, just even if it's. Even if it's uh, in another medium, I don't even know how that would work. Theater. But I want to see them try because they've literally tried everything else. Did you just say theater? (laughs) Yes, I did say theater. And I stand by those words. I mean, there is a Toxic Avenger musical, so there could be a Terminator one as well. Who knows? I would, oh my god, a musical of Terminator would be amazing <laughs> i'll be back with turn into like a power ballad oh. like on the on let it go level i'll be back i'll be back 
<laughs> something. I, I would I would be down for something different because it's every movie there. Like Terminator Three tries to do Terminator Two again, yeah. mm. but worse. And then Salvation tried to do the Future War, and that didn't work. Yeah. Then Genesis tried to really make things complicated, and that didn't work. So then they were like, okay, we'll bring Cameron back. We'll bring Linda Hamilton back. That'll fix it, right? And then everyone was like, no, it's too late. We're done. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I would like to see them do something that, again, ignores all the sequels after, too. Yeah. Set in this world, but not about Sarah or John Connor. Just, like, set in this universe. I feel like that's the only way to, to proceed from here. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see them try four again, but not bad. <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to see, like, just after post-apocalyptic sort of mm, thing. Yeah. With just, like random new characters hmm. like you know not nothing to do with john cutter or another it's just like survivors yeah although for that they would have to have flashbacks to the flashback in dark fate which is another arnie kills the arnie that kills john mm. <laughs> it's time for raving reviews wow that was hard to say in that that voice it's a part of the show where I get some reviews from uh, from Rotten Tomatoes, the place where you find all the best reviews, but specifically audience reviews because critics don't know what they're talking about. It's rude. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get some audience reviews, and I'm gonna tell you the review, and your job is to guess the score that they gave it. Uh, because this is a guest episode, it's going to be a competition between you two to try and figure who can who can guess the right scores the mostest. I always lose. Because <laughs> you're bad. Uh, it's between 0. 0.5 and 5 as well, so 0. 0.5. Yes, that, yeah. that, was, okay. that was the last thing I was going to say. So is the lowest score you can have is 0. 0.5, and the highest is 5 out of 5. Anywhere in between is also fine, except for like 0.7s. That doesn't make any sense. What? Why would you bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> to confuse them. All right. So this is this this segment's all about confusion and mis misleading. So first, I'm going to tell you, Sarah. She says for action fans only. Huh. I'm gonna go for a three out of five. I think. See, I was gonna say that, but now I feel like I'm just gonna be copying Sandra if I say three. You can go for three. <laughs> uh, you can you can say three. You can always tie on it. No, you know what? I'm just gonna throw out two point five. Okay. Ooh. I think Sarah's very wrong, but you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I I, I also agree that Sarah is wrong, mm -hmm. but it's an audience score, so it must be right because they're always correct. <laughs> Uh, it's two out of five. Two out of five. It's two out of five. Ooh. Yes. Right. Sarah did not like this movie. Even Maybe it's because of all the Sarahs that get killed in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you know what? She's kind of biased. Yeah, that, that probably would have been a bit uh, shocking for her, unfortunate. <laughs> uh, then we have Loke. He says, copied! Explanation mark, explanation mark, ex a lot of explanation marks. Yep. What? Copied? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> copied! Yep. That's um, the copied is in full, uh, full, full caps explanation logs, and then just yep. Well, I'm gonna let Robert guess first. Four point five. Let's just. Oh wow! I'm gonna say that he seems very enthusiastic. He is very enthusiastic with his all caps and his exclamation point. I'm gonna go two. I think it's. I think it's negative. No, it's five out of five. Okay. You were oh, right. I almost went five. You should have gone the five out of five. Ah. Oh. 
Kyle says, my fourth favorite Terminator movie. Huh. That's an interesting rating. Controversial Kyle over here. Because Kyle gets killed in this movie? Like, what's up with the people named after the characters? (laughs) It's always like, I saw their names as like, well, now I have to put their review in here. Right? Sandra, did you want to go first on this or do you want me to take it? Yeah, come on, Sandra. Yeah, sure. Ooh, 3.5. I'm going to go two because fourth favorite terminator movie when the other terminator movies are terminator 3 salvation <laughs> dark fate genesis i mean i'm like oh, yeah. that must that's a pretty low bar if that's the way we're going uh it's four out of five though he oh, really wow. enjoyed it it's just it's, wow yeah. uh this person uh didn't have a username uh and they said the worst movie i've ever seen i've seen sixty thousand movies and this one is so bad <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's not a 0.5, it's false advertising because <laughs> I, I, I question their the ranking system. So I'm going to say 0.5. Okay. All right. All right. I'll go one. <laughs> so it's 0.5. Yeah. yeah. There yeah. we go. Well done. Yes. But uh, this is why this one doesn't have like a big 100% is because of people like this. <laughs> uh, then we have um, Garen says the Terminator would be fun if not for the gore and the disturbing action. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Disturbing. <laughs> disturbing. Meanwhile, we spent like 15 minutes being like, that eye scene what was so awesome. <laughs> like, really yeah. Die out. Yeah. <laughs> nah, disgusting. Can't have gore and action in this movie. We gotta take all the gore and action out. Exactly. This sounds like someone uh, who would review it on Common Sense Media. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. Sanjo, what do you think? I'm gonna say three, because I think it's still relatively positive. Yeah, I was gonna go 3.5. 3.5. It's a one out of five. Oof. All this gore and disturbing oh action, gosh. guys. You shouldn't have it in your movies. I guess. Uh, and then we have another blank username. Possibly the same person. Who knows? Where it began. A reminder of where it should have stayed. <laughs> nice. Ooh, that sounds like more of a critique of everything else that came after it. So I'm yeah. going to say 4.5. Ooh, I was going to go 4.5. I think I'm just going to go 5 out of 5, you know. Let's, let's see what happens. Ooh, it's four out of five. Ooh. You guys were so close. Mm. You guys were so close. All right. Uh, and finally, I'll leave it with the best and worst review that I hated was by Azure. And they say, I love it. I just want to ruin the 100%. Lol. Wow. Wow, what a dick. Jeez. Yes. Um. So <laughs> they want to ruin the 100%. But that's the critics 100%. Yeah, exactly. Right. So they they couldn't even ruin the 100% even if they tried. (laughs) So what do you think this person rated this? Oh, it's 0.5, isn't it? It's got to be 0.5. I have a feeling that it's a 4.5. They want to ruin the 100% by just being like a little bit off. uh, Just like this person's logic. So (laughs) I'm going to go 4.5. It's one out of five. Oh, okay. It's uh, one out of five. So Sandra was close. Wow. Yeah. What? What, what is this review? This is not good. They, they love the movie. They just don't like it having such a high score. What? Uh, what? They're an agent of chaos. You know, that's how it happens. This is why there are critic reviews and audience and <laughs> scores. So the zero. final scores exactly. is Sandro with zero and Rob with one. <laughs> so congratulations, ah. Rob. You are the winner yeah. of this segment. Well done. Yay. Very good job. Very good job. Thank you. Well done. 
And that is Once again, keeping the spirit alive of the segment of Sandro losing. That's true. We've got a lot of guest episodes <laughs> coming up soon. Am I going to win in any of them? Probably not. We'll yeah, see. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> that is the episode, though, right there. Thank you so much for listening, as always. It was a longer one, uh, but also a very fun one, so I hope that you enjoyed the episode. Mm. If you like the show, number one way to help out is tell a friend. Uh, be like, hey, friend, Terminator, listen to this. And your friend will be like, ooh... We're on every yeah. podcast app. We're on Facebook, Instagram, all the stuff, all the links in the description. Uh, Robert, where can people find the Crooked Table podcast again if they want to check it out? Uh, CrookedTable.com, also Apple Podcasts, Spotify, most of the places where you're listening to this, I'm probably on there, so uh, check it out. Awesome. And you're on Instagram as well, right? I am, at Crooked Table on Instagram. Fantastic. Check Ooh. all that out. Links in the description. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks guys for having me. This was a blast. This was awesome. Definitely, yeah. And yeah, we'll definitely get you on again at some point. Zach, you are picking next week's episode. Ooh, all right. Well, give me these options. Let me let me let me listen to some of these bad boys. Number one option is called a private function. It is set in the forties in a small English town. They want to throw a party to ce- celebrate a wedding, uh, but there's food rationing going on. It stars uh, Monty Python's Michael Palin. Ooh, and Maggie Smith's also in it. Ah, all right, okay. You have got The Killing Fields, a very well-regarded movie from 84. It's based off real events, follows a journalist covering the uh, Colombian Civil War. Oh, yeah, I think I've heard of this movie. And then you've also got Razorback, Mm. which is probably on the complete opposite spectrum of Killing Fields. It's an Australian horror film about a man who wants to get revenge on a a giant pig that killed his wife. (laughs) (laughs) So you've got... A British comedy yeah. set in the 40s about food rationing. You've got uh, what is considered one of the better films of 84. And then you've got an Australian horror about a pig. <laughs> Absolutely the horror pig. Give me horror pig. Yes. Give me the Australian horror pig. Next week, Razorback. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> great. Very look, Very much looking forward to it. Yeah. Is this our first Australian movie? I think it might be. We've done a lot of like Australian directors, but not an Australian production. Hell yeah. This is, the, this is what I want to represent Australia, <laughs> this movie. All right. Well, we do wrap it up with the best quote from The Terminator. Robert, what have you got? Uh, well, I feel like I need to end it with the way I started with, fuck you, asshole. <laughs> How about you, Zach? I'm going to go with, I'll be back. Because we'll be back next week with a with the next episode. <laughs> it's so, true. So that's it's true. This is appropriate. <laughs> and I'm going to wrap it up with uh, not a quote that anyone remembers, but personally my my favourite uh-huh. quote, which is uh-huh. of course, "Guard it for me, big buns." <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.